Hi everyone, this is your host Sam, and you're listening to Wiccan Witch of the South. Hi everyone, welcome back. So today's episode is going to be the start of a series that I'm going to do this year. So we're going to actually cover um, each Sabbath in the Will of the Year. Um, traditionally, uh, the will of the year starts with Yule, um, however, I'm going to be doing it just for this whole year. So we're going to start with Imolk, and then we're going to end with Yule. So we'll be covering all the Sabbaths this year. I will try to put them out before each Sabbath. Um, that way we can kind of like go over, you know, what I personally do in my practice and, you know, what's kind of traditional. Um, if in, there are any kind of gods or goddesses that are traditionally associated with um, each Sabbath, we're just going to do like a, a nice overview of each uh, holiday and you know kind of go from there and build upon it so I hope you guys really enjoy this series Um, I'm really looking forward to it I love the holidays Um, the Sabbaths are like my favorite part of being Wiccan slash being a witch so I I think it'll be a really fun topic to talk about so I think the best place to start is to actually define what is a Sabbath So, in Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a Sabbath is described as any of the eight neo-pagan religious festivals commemorating phases of the changing seasons. So, I know traditionally Wiccans are who celebrate the will of the year, but I think as time has gone on, you see a lot of different types of witches actually start incorporating the will of the year in their practices. So, while it is traditionally a Wiccan... Thing, I don't think that it's necessary to say that you have to be Wiccan to follow the will of the year. So for me personally, when I first started out as a witch, um, I was not Wiccan. I was actually more of a, I guess I would say I leaned more on the Christian mystic side of things. Um, I was still very much attached to uh, my evangelical upbringing, and I still am. And that's like an episode for another day of trying to reclaim the things that, you know, our ancestors, um, you know, followed and practiced, um, and incorporating that into your witchcraft. I think that's, would be a very interesting, um, episode because it is something that I'm kind of coming to grips with, but that's not what this episode is about. So, um, that'll be a later episode. But when I did start, I originally, um, did follow the will of the year, that was one of the first things that was kind of introduced to me. I think it was probably the most witchy thing that I did. Um, because honestly, I didn't even do spells for a really long time. Um, you can ask uh, Hannah, uh, my friend who's been multiple episodes. Um, you know, I was very afraid of dipping my toes into that. And I, again, episode for another day, I can get more into that kind of stuff um, later on. But it was really difficult for me to um, start practicing. And so one of the ways that I did was using the wheel of the year um, and kind of becoming more in tune with nature because that's basically the principle behind um, the wheel of the year. It is getting in tune with the cycles of nature. Um, Everything has a cycle, you know, we go through cycles in our lives and, you know, and things tend to restart and reset, um, you know, with, you know, normal (laughs) traditions, we have, you know, like New Year's resolutions, right? You know, you're resetting, you're restarting at the beginning of the year, and hopefully you're going to, you know, change habits and things like that. So we all go through cycles. 
But I think what's very interesting about the Will of the Year, and as we go through this um, series, you'll be able to see this connection and, and pay close attention as I go through um, each of the correspondences for each holiday, because you'll notice that a lot of them, they're not quick changes. We're not going immediately from winter imagery to spring imagery, especially with Imolk. We're going from, you know, we're transitioning slowly into a new phase of the seasons, a new phase of the earth. And I think as people, we're the same way. Changes don't happen immediately. Um, changes are very gradual and they, you know, they happen over time rather than something that's instantaneous. And so I think that's a wonderful thing to look at and relate to ourselves as human beings that just as the earth does not transition instantaneously into a new season of its uh, life, neither do we. And I think sometimes we can get in this habit of like beating ourselves up because we're not changing habits as fast as we want to. But all cycles take time and, and just because you're in a transition period does not mean that you are not making any sort of progress in your transition. And so I think um, looking at it that way and how we can relate it to ourselves, not just as witches, but also, you know, just as people. I know one of the interesting things about this podcast is um, I have a lot of listeners who actually aren't practicing witches. Um, I have some people that identify as other things. I have people who identify as Christian or Christian leaning or, you know, what have you. And I think that's really awesome. You know, I think it's great that as, um, as an entity, this podcast can kind of bridge gaps. And so, you know, we're all just here to learn and um, educate one another and, and be friendly and respectful. And so I think that's really awesome. So with that definition out of the way, um, let's get into our first Sabbath of the year, Imolk. So as a Sabbath, uh, Imolk in particular is very um, near and dear to my heart, um, mostly because it is associated with the goddess Breed. Now, in my personal story, um, Breed was one of the first goddesses uh, that I actually ended up connecting with in my practice. And while I don't actively work with her now, um, she was a huge transition period for me from going to a more Christian-based um, practice to a more Wiccan-based practice. Um, she was that, that bridge for me, which is hilarious if you know her story, um, and I will get into that. Uh, but Imolk is a very, um, very important holiday to me because of breed. So if we start with what Imolk is in terms of it, its definition... So it's typically um, the transition out of winter. So we're, we've ended winter with Yule, and now we're moving on into spring. But again, as I was saying previously, um, it's not like a straight transition. We're not immediately going from a winter holiday to a spring holiday. So a spring holiday would be more like Ostara. Um, Yule is your winter holiday. So Imolk is kind of in the middle there. It's that transition period. So in Irish Gaelic, and I am going to butcher this, so just bear in mind, but I believe it's Olmec. Um, it translates to uh, use milk. So it's a very dairy-forward holiday. <laughs> it typically occurs on either the 1st or the 2nd of February. Um, in the Christian faith, it's associated with the worship of St. Bridget. 
like I said, we'll get into all that later. Um, and then there's also other Roman holidays, um, Candlemas is around this time. Uh, if you're Catholic, you probably know about the Purification of the Virgin Feast. So there's several holidays that are kind of associated around this time frame. So when um, Ireland was converted into Christianity, one of the things that they had a hard time with was uh, getting rid of their old gods. And so when um, they converted to Christianity, they were allowed to keep their um, they were allowed to keep their goddesses and gods as saints. So uh, Breed in particular was transitioned into St. Bridget, and that's why you have St. Bridget's Day um, that's associated with Imolk now in Christianity. Obviously, as pagans, we would still celebrate Imolk, but I just think it's very interesting um, if you look at the history of how things kind of uh, transitioned. So I've spoken a lot about the goddess Breed. And so one of the best books that I think that you could probably read if you want to learn a little bit more about her, and I actually probably will do a book review on this one um, when I finish it, but the book is Tending Breed's Flame by Lunea Weatherstone. And if you watched, um, if you listened to our episode from Asheville, North Carolina, you'll know that I got this book in Asheville. So for Breed as a goddess, she typically represents... Um, three different aspects of her. So she is a triple goddess um, in traditional uh, traditional pagan sense. Um, I think one of the most beautiful things about um, Breed is that she never really left her people. Um, so if you look at the fact that she went from a transition of being a pagan goddess to be considered a saint by the Irish Catholic Church, I mean, that's just kind of unheard of. Um, not a lot of these uh, gods and goddesses were taken from one religion to particularly Christianity because if you grew up in, uh, if you grew up in evangelicalism, this will probably be very wild to you because it was to me um, when I first heard about her. But if you're somebody who's familiar with the saints and how they are uh, venerated, then maybe this will not be as <laughs> strange to you, but it was... It was really strange to me. And the book goes into um, her story as being transitioned from a Celtic deity to a saint and how they kind of justified the veneration of her as a saint. I hope I'm using the word veneration right. Um, I was not raised Catholic, so this is just kind of coming from what I have researched um, as I was transitioning out of my faith. I think it's a very important thing to know what other people know and what other people believe. One of her aspects is that she is a guardian of the home. So when she was transitioned into uh, St. Bridget, um, this was something that stuck with her as well. She is also associated with um, the hearth or a fireplace, being that it's a um, heart center of the home. Um, if you end up reading the book, you'll see that there is a, a temple that is over there for St. Bridget um, that has a eternal flame going. And, and basically, the I believe it's the nuns that are over there 
are the ones that keep the flame alive. So this is something that dates back to their um, Celtic tradition. Now with Imbolc and how she fits into that, um, the spring is something that's typically associated with her as well. So a lot of the times what you could, what they would do is would, they would light um, candles or they would light their um, fireplaces. If you don't have a fireplace, obviously candles are probably going to be your best bet. Um, but they would also make something um, called Breed's Cross. And this is something that you see um, across the board when it comes to research with Imolk. So I will um, post a picture on Instagram of what that cross looks like. But it's something that you can make as a part of, uh, of crafts for the holiday. Another great thing to do um, during Imolk is to actually invoke her to come and protect your space. So the Celtics actually used um, sort of like how we do circles. Um, they would walk around their um, like homesteads um, and say like a certain uh, prayer and invoke her protection. Um, so this is something that you can do if you're like me and you live in an apartment and you don't really want to be walking outside your building and people asking you, what the heck is that person doing? over there with a candle walking three times around our apartment complex, um, you can do it just in your in your home or however the layout is. And you'll just loop three times and you will um, call upon a um, protective uh, invocation of breed. And I'm sure there are many different versions. Um, find what works for you. Find what you resonate with. But that's one of the things that you can do. Breed is also associated with uh, cats and dogs. It's something that she protects. So if you want to do some type of pet protection spell or in the book she references about maybe getting a St. Bridget medal to put on their collars um, to protect them, um, that is also something that you can do uh, during Imbolc. There's also a traditional charm that can be uh, read over your animals for protection. Um, she's also a uh, fairy goddess, so if you are somebody who works with um, the good folk, that is something that you can uh, do. I personally um, treat them in the way that I am respectful and I do not touch it. So <laughs> um, how I was always with ghosts when I was younger is that there is a high possibility that it is real, and if it is real, I don't want to mess with it. So that is just kind of how I feel about them in particular. I do nothing to piss them off. I have had to, um, not really, I don't really know what the word for it is, um, ask for forgiveness <laughs> in the past. Um, I, I only know one thing and it's never say thank you. That That's the only thing um, that I know about the good folk is that uh, you never say thank you to them. If they give you something, you do not say thank you because that makes you indebted to them. And I really don't want to be indebted to them. <laughs> and it's funny because when I was little, um, I used to have this uh, fairy book. Um, I loved fairies. Obviously, they're not what, you know, Disney and everyone depicts them as. But um, I actually had, I convinced my mother to let me put out a little jar of jam for them and uh, nothing happened to the jam. So I don't think they like me very much or if they did, um, 
maybe I just, I left them out jam one time and they were pissed that I never let them have jam again. So yeah, I tend to not do anything um, in that realm. But if that is something that you work with, um, I think uh, Imbolc is a great time to start uh, preparing for them to come. I know that traditionally Ostara is their holiday. Um, Ostara and uh, Lyva are their two, you know, big ones. So I think this is a good time to start, you know, preparing for uh, their return. I've also read somewhere that there is a traditional practice of leading articles of clothing outside your door. Um, if you're like me and you live in an apartment and you really don't want clothes just, you know, sitting outside your apartment door, um, I personally have a balcony. So I would probably uh, drape my clothes over the balcony um, and that way, one, I don't get in trouble and two, my clothes don't get stolen. But um, the traditional uh, myth is that she walks through um, the streets and that she will bless um, those articles of clothing uh, for you as a uh, protection um, charm. So, you know, you can lay out, maybe it's like if you wear something particular doing rituals or sabbats, um, you can lay that out and ask her to enchant it and protect it. Um, and that will give you protection while you're doing your magic. Or if you have a particular piece of jewelry that you associate with her, you can leave that out there and she can bless it and protect it. You know, that kind of thing. So I, I've read that in the past and I think that's very interesting. Um, probably will be something that I do this year. So if you would like to know more um, about Breed, um, do read Tending Breed's Flame. I, I think it's a phenomenal book. She goes into a ton of detail and I think it's it's worth it's worth buying. It's worth a read if, that, if she's a goddess that you're interested in. So now let's get into everybody's favorite part about sabbats, or maybe it's just my favorite part, the food. <laughs> so typically associated with Imolk is things like dairy. So you're going to have like a lot of like cheeses and butter. Um, you can actually make your own butter. There's tons of recipes um, for that. So I believe you take heavy whipping cream and you put it in a mason jar, seal it up tight, and then shake it. Um, I believe you have to let it sit out and ripen first, um, but don't let it sit out past 24 hours or it might spoil. Um, and then you put it in the mason jar and shake it and that's how you make butter. You can also churn it with a um, hand mixer or a stationary mixer and you can actually get buttermilk out of that. So that's really cool as well. Um, another thing that um, you can do uh, is cook lamb's meat. So... Like I said, uh, lambs and sheep are associated with a milk. Um, there's also uh, deer. So if you're somebody who hunts or you like venison, um, that's something that you can cook as well. Um, I've also seen people talk about uh, making uh, braided bread. So if you do end up making the butter yourself, you could use that butter that you make um, in your bread. Um, you can also do... Uh, like a garlic, like a garlic bread would also be really yummy. I mean, basically anything that has uh, dairy products in it is going to be something that you can do. I've seen custard. I've seen, um, there was a recipe for Irish truffles that I came across that looked really, really good. 
So anything that is uh, heavily uh, dairy heavy would be something that would be yummy for uh, in bulk to eat. Um, also any traditional vegetables such as like carrots or leeks that are um, in season right now um, would also be really good to make. Um, in the past I have made very big spreads <laughs> for um, the sabbats and I have very few witch friends so I feed an army and I have two people that you know end up coming and celebrating with me. So I probably this year will not be making the big spreads that I make. I did eat lamb um, this past week and it was delicious um, but I probably will not be cooking anything on actual emulk the this year. I'll probably just be making butter and if I can get some yeast I might make some some bread. So if you're someone like me who keeps a seasonal altar, um, I like to decorate my main altar for the seasons. So I do correspond it with um, each Sabbath at, um, in the will of the year. So today I actually went and did my traditional ritual of the changing of the seasons on my altar. Um, so one of the things that I found very interesting is that Imolk has both spring and winter uh, symbolism. So for example, right now I have a lot of pine cones and evergreens on my altar, but I also have some spring elements as well. So I have a small uh, nest of bird's eggs that I like to put on my altar. It's, and it's just decoration. Um, it doesn't have any sort of meaning to it, but it's, it's something that I only put on my altar. Um, and what I do, prefer me personally, when I do a changing of the seasons on my um, altar, I'll remove everything off. Um, I will take uh, Florida water or Palo Santo or something, um, some type of liquid, and just wipe down um, the table that's my uh, that my altar you know sits upon. And then I will start decorating, putting everything back on there after I kind of cleanse it. Um, and to me, that's just kind of the renewing of the energy. I've also started this other thing where I have a specific blend of herbs um, that I use um, to associate with that particular um, Sabbath. And then when the changing of the season comes, I go out on my back deck and I burn that particular um, blend. And for me, what that represents is letting go of that cycle. And it, it's just a really good meditation time. I try not to take my phone out there when I go, um, unless I just want to take a picture of the fire, because again, I am an arsonist. <laughs> but um, it's just for me, it's, it's a meditation moment of just letting whatever occurred in that cycle between the past Sabbath and the current one, um, giving that back to the earth and just saying, you know what, this particular cycle was great or this cycle sucked and now we're in a new phase um, in the year and we're going to, you know, transition into whatever this phase brings me. So that's just what I personally do. Um, some more symbols that you can use if you're somebody who decorates your altar, um, you could use deer antlers, you could use statues of lambs or sheep. Um, all burrowing animals are associated with emulk. You can also um, use 
bears or groundhogs. Um, you can do uh, make a breed's cross. You can do candle wheels. You can have um, snow. Uh, if you you know collect uh, snow water, I've done that in the past. Um, I've used it in cleansing spells. It's really good for that. Um, evergreens, grain dollies, which are really cute. Um, you can find uh, craft recipes on how to actually make those. Um, you can have sun wheels, white flowers. Um, if you're somebody who likes crystals, you can do amethyst, bloodstone, uh, garnet, onyx, ruby, and turquoise. And you'll see some of those do actually um, have associations with Yule. Um, if you like uh, candles, you can do brown, green, pink, red, white, or yellow candles. Um, I also tend to coordinate my altar cloths with uh, the seasons. So right now I have a new one that I actually got. It kind of looks like, um, like a wheel or the sun, and it's got blues and oranges and yellows um, in it. So I, I think it looks really cute. And a little bit of brown in there too, but not a ton. Just kind of makes it pop. Um, herbs and flowers that are associated with it are acorns, angelica, basil, bay leaf, blackberry, chamomile, crocus, jasmine, lavender, and rosemary. So when I was talking about the uh, blend that I make, that's typically what I would use as something from that list. Um, in terms of incense and oils, uh, angelica, basil, Bay leaf, blackberry, chamomile, frankincense, jasmine, lavender, myrrh, and rosemary. And trees that are associated with it um, is birch, evergreens, and willow. So hopefully that gives you some ideas of what you could do to decorate your altar if you're somebody who, like me, loves to decorate with the seasons. Um, currently, I also have a... Um, essential oil blend uh, going right now on my altar is specifically for breed. I got it in one of the local metaphysical shops and it smells awesome. Um, I also, when I was in Asheville, I got a small kit of like an invoking of breed um, kit and I actually ended up saving the incense. So my plan for uh, in bulk is I'm going to actually burn that incense finally. <laughs> so um, I have that going on my altar, the breed essential oil, and then I have all my, my colors and, and everything. Um, for me personally, my working altar is, it's elements of my past and kind of where I'm at currently. Um, because again, I, I associate the changing of the seasons with how we build upon ourselves as people and how we change. We've, we're not the same person we were, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and so for me, I have a lot of different elements of places that I've, you know, been in my life. I have, you know, my Irish Celtic heritage because I am um, Scottish Gaelic um, in terms of, uh, you know, ancestry. Um, and then I also have some stuff on there for, you know, for, for Christianity. I have um, the Blessed Mother. I have Mary on there as well because she was somebody who was kind of crucial to me transitioning into being a witch. And you would never think that, but <laughs> I, I mean, being that I was evangelical, I never worked with Mary. 
Um, and I ended up having a vision of her and I won't get into the details of it, but, um, so she, she's somebody that's very, um, important to me in terms of a figurehead. Um, and she's also associated with, um, Imolk as well. So, uh, I believe I mentioned previously about the, um, the feast of the, the Virgin that's associated with Mary. Um, and then I also, you know, I have my, my masculine, uh, energy side with, I have Serenos and, um, and Raphael, who's one of the angels that I work with. And I still work with angels to this day. This is not something that I've <laughs> necessarily gotten rid of as I've, you know, gone and transitioned, um, as time, as time has passed. So, you know, it's, it's important, I think, to understand our roots. And even though it may not be something that we actively work with, um, it still was a part of us at one time and it was a cycle that we went through and I think that they deserve to be honored. So that's just my personal philosophy, but um, I hope that the um, altar guide kind of helps you get some ideas and um, I love seeing people's altars. Um, I do tend to like go through pictures on Instagram and stuff. So if you make an altar, tag it. Um, and I probably will see it because I love, <laughs> I love looking at other people's altars. I think they're super cool. Somebody probably would have a fit with mine because it's just a hodgepodge of all kinds of craziness over there. They'd probably be like, that's too cluttered, but I'm a very cluttered person in general. So it's just, it just represents me <laughs> and my, to my normal state. So, but I hope, um, I hope it's, it, this helps, um, I hope it gives you guys some ideas of how to celebrate the holiday, and I hope that you have a wonderful um, Sabbath, and if you have uh, family that you celebrate with, I hope you have a wonderful Sabbath with your family, and um, if you're not open to your family, or if your family doesn't quite understand any of this stuff, I hope that you have friends um, that do, and if not, you have me, <laughs> and I... Um, you know, we'll, we'll all be celebrating together in spirit <laughs> as we're all, you know, connected um, and divinely linked. And so, you know, even when you feel like you're alone in your practice, there is somebody out there who's going through probably the same thing, if not similar to you. You're never truly alone when it comes to your magic. And I think that um, having these uh, specific holidays that we're all celebrating together at the same time, you know, just know, you know, you're, um, you're celebrating with somebody else. And even if it's, you know, on the other side of the world and, you know, they're not celebrating a mulk right now, they're celebrating something different. Personally, I'm a Northern Hemisphere, so I'm going to be speaking on, you know, what is typically Northern. Um, but it can be applied, you know, when the time comes for the season. But, um, but yeah, I hope um, everyone has a good Sabbath and I have not forgotten about <laughs> the things that I've been teasing. I have actually made progress. Um, I have a couple more things that I really want to get together before um, I do the big reveal on that. Um, I really want to release everything at one time. I don't want to do it in phases. I thought about that. I was contemplating whether or not to... Um, release everything in one like in in phases but honestly the way that I have this stuff set up I really want to do it in one fell swoop and so look forward to that I'm going to try to 
have that ready potentially by the end of February. I have a lot of things going on in my life right now um, that are unrelated to the podcast. And so if I'm ever late on episodes or if things seem to be kind of delayed and happening, that's why. Um, but I'm going to do my best to keep up with this and keep you guys up to date. Um, if you want to keep up to date with me, the best place to do that is through um, Instagram. I'm at underscore Wiccan Witch of the South underscore. Um, if you want to email me at my business email, and feel free to email me even if you don't have business questions, um, that is Wiccan Witch of the South Pod at gmail.com. Uh, that is Wiccan Witch of the South Pod, P O D, at gmail.com. Um, I appreciate anyone who's ever reached out um, and said that they enjoy the podcast. I've had several people um, since the beginning of this podcast reach out and say that they um, enjoyed it and like what I do. And that, that means a lot to me. Um, when I started this, I didn't really think that anyone would listen and knowing that people listen and that I actually have a small little following is really great. And it's, it's very sweet to hear, um, what you guys think. And please, you know, if you ever have any kind of critiques or if there are anything that you want me to talk about specifically, um, do let me know, send me a DM on Instagram or my email, I'm not amazing at keeping up with stuff, but I will get back to you as soon as I can. So, you know, any kind of any kind of ideas that you have or something you want me to talk about, or if you just want to tell me, hey, you enjoy it, that's perfectly fine with me. So, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Um, until next time, blessed be and merry in bulk.